Hey, welcome to another episode of A Contagious Smile Unstoppable. This is going to be a pretty intense podcast tonight. So let me go ahead and tell everybody we're going to put trigger warnings right up front. Also, before we begin, I want to say happy anniversary again and again to the love of my life who just had a fly on his knee. We renewed our vows again yesterday. My husband had this amazing idea that we remain newlyweds and renew our vows every year before our original anniversary date. So he grabbed that one by the skin of his teeth this time. And uh, we renewed because you did it 24 hours before Before our actual anniversary date. And last year we did it right before my amputation and we just always stay newlyweds and anyway happy anniversary again so a year from now yesterday will be our anniversary and today will be our anniversary and then in august is our anniversary and you know there's no way i'm gonna keep count of this i can't even remember my birthday don't say it so anyway happy anniversary babe thank you how do y'all and let me say thank y'all to all our listeners and folks who have participated in the podcasting for pause event that we just had over the weekend uh it was it was amazing it was exciting it was fun got to meet a lot of new people uh i haven't encountered yet uh, we got to network a lot of people together uh that was exciting and uh yeah anything to say on that well i was waiting on you to say happy anniversary but oh, yes Seriously. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, um, the love over here actually set in with me this year because uh, for those of you who might not know, my surgery was supposed to be this upcoming week and it got moved ahead due to complications to the day before our annual podcasting for pause. So my husband sat with me this time for the entire three days and got to see what it's like here on this end. And it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but it's so well worth it, and I love spending that time with him. So anyway, now that we got all that stuff out of the way, we are still trying to raise that $1,000 to help the little girl with stage four get her puppy uh, as she is desperately wanting to with the beautiful picture she drew for us in crayon, and we have added another little girl to our prayer list who is in the hospital as well. So if you have something going on and would like us to send you well wishes and positive thoughts and hugs and prayers, just let us know and we'll be happy to do that as well. So now that the formality of it well, is out of its way. Forgot, uh, during the during the event, one of our girls had a litter of one. I've never heard of that before. Which is very strange, y'all. Uh, normally our girls have anywhere between eight to 12 pups. And uh, yeah, cute. Our gal lady had one. We named him Uno. So, and I I think we've pretty much got Uno designated out to a special young man named, and uh, he's gonna love him. We're gonna we're gonna work out the arrangements and get that puppy out to him. It's one of our puppies uh, that we were gonna give away. So this is just, I, I think it's perfect for him. So here we go with the trigger thing. Um, So much is going on in this world right now that it's mind-blowing, to say the least. And not only that, but 
even on our own, you know, ground here, if you will, so much crime, the, the crime is going up and up and up. And it's to the point where people are getting afraid to go anywhere. Like there was a county fair and a shooter opened fire in Texas at the county fair. There's people who are just everywhere you turn and you look, somebody else is doing a crime, a violent crime. And I know we had talked about this off air, but what are your thoughts about, you know, this on the, the conceal and carry you and I both carry everywhere we go regardless, but you know, now the way that the laws are, and I don't agree with them is that if you hurt somebody in self-defense, you still end up going to jail. Like, look at how many survivors of abuse end up in jail for protecting themselves, which is ludicrous. And then the abusers are scot-free, which makes me so irate. It, it's not even a topic right now. But if you are protecting you and your family, why is it an issue? Are we supposed to lay there and let them kill us? I think everyone should be armed that that's that's me um, even the nutcases they're already armed so what are you doing well i'm asking i'm playing devil's advocate on that so some yahoo goes into a what was it a fair and starts shooting in texas yeah okay if, if there was you know 15 more men with balls that would carry around a gun it's you would think everybody's and, carrying and protect themselves and their family members you know drop the sob Okay, know where your bullet's going down range. All right, go get your firearms training if you don't have any. Practice, practice, practice. And if there's an active shooter, take the guy out. Okay, uh, because one stray bullet could hit your family member, and then what? You're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Well, this guy on the radio on this podcast said I should carry, and I didn't listen to the idiot because he's a redneck. And then look what happened. My daughter died. My brother died. You know, my spouse. Yes. So but why? Why are these laws so screwed up? Where you're now incarcerated for self-defense? I mean, you have the right to protect yourself and your family. That's in our constitution. But they're going to incarcerate you if you hurt the person trying to kill you. So what the hell are we supposed to do? Just say hey, hey, and lay down and let him kill us? So you're saying that the what we'll, was we'll, we'll say the person who shoots the active shooter mm -hmm. gets more jail time than the active shooter would have got. It seems to be that way. Look at how many women get incarcerated for self-defense. Come back as an officer for a minute. Look how many women go to jail for protecting themselves or their children or both while the abuser goes scot-free right. or gets a slap on the wrist at best gets a slap on the wrist. And we have self-defense wounds, but yet we end up going to jail. That is not how the good old boys would do it back in the day. Right. That's ridiculous. So we're supposed to lay there and just let them kill us. No. And like I said, I believe, you know, if, if, if more trained, honest, you know, red blooded Americans would, would carry, then, you know, we could stop some of this nonsense, these idiots out there, you know, just going around shooting up schools, parks, you know, amusement parks or the mall, hell, Walmart. I mean, There's stabbings and shootings. Walmart. 
Well, not just that, but then, you know, the other day there was a, uh, a big, huge fight outside of a high school and they were flowing around their guns, showing them around to everybody, getting in fights, stuff like that. I don't ever remember back in my school days, anybody bringing a gun to school. I mean, you know, lock them up, lock up your, your weapons. First of all, don't make them so accessible. And I know they're going to get them anyway. I know the kids are going to be able to access them anyway, but our kids don't feel safe. Our teenagers don't feel safe. They may not have a safe home. They don't have a safe school. Cause some of the schools now are like, Oh, Tom, come to school, Tom, and we'll let you be Tammy. We're not going to tell your parents. So we're embedding into your mind that you don't have to show honesty and trust and respect to your parents. And we're going to teach you that you don't need to convey to them that, you know, there's stuff going on with you. And that's okay because we're the school. But yet if an active shooter comes in, we're not going to take any, you know, precautionary measures to do anything. Amazon has things that will lock a door down where an active shooter cannot get in and it's a few dollars and the school won't pay for it. And I'm sorry, I would pay for it out of my own pocket. You know, that's just ridiculous. What is someone's life worth? What are your children's lives worth? Buy it for your teachers. I mean, come on, people. Isn't that one of the uh, complaints about on our teen talk? The teens tell us all the time their biggest fear is not being rejected by peers. It's getting shot at school. I mean, I can't imagine going to school and having that fear. I mean, the kids are getting bullied. Now there's this whole perception of your pronouns. But let me ask you this. The school, and I know I'm going to get a lot of slack for this, and that's okay. And I tell people, they want it, bring it. I'll put you on air with me. We will head to head this. I, I am, I welcome it. I really do. I want to know why our educational system, and I say that very loosely, cares more about the pronouns and not offending pronouns than they do about teaching nouns and verbs and adjectives. We're not teaching the correct math. We are not teaching spelling. Oh, let's not worry about writing. Let's not worry about how you're going to sign your name on a letter because we're going to do everything electronically. What happens if the electronics go down or power goes out or whatever and, and you're at work? Our daughter knows what a Dewey Decimal System is. I ask most of the kids who come on Teen Talk, they have no clue what the Dewey Decimal System is. If they want to know how to spell something, A-L-E-X-A or Google, whatever it is. But our daughter checks it with Webster. Like she's going to check it out with Webster. They don't know how to like sit down and do a book report or check it or do anything. It's all like, oh, let me find one on Google, copy, paste, send, and that's it. But you're so freaking worried about where a boy can pee. Is it in the boys' room, the girls' locker room, the girls' bathroom? Oh, but our girls can be sexually molested and assaulted because today little Tim wants to be Tam just because he wants to high-five his buddies and say, look, I'm going to get in there and see these girls while they're in there changing for PE. Oh, wait, do we even have PE anymore? I want to make sure I'm correct. <laughs> and then they turn around and do this to these kids and these kids will spend their adulthood recovering from their childhood. And they can't even sign their name. I'm sorry. It is so screwed up. But but let's make sure that we pronounce the pronouns correctly. Because she's a little fired up. God forbid that we have to worry about this. We have kindergartners coming into school and shooting their teacher. A kindergarten kid. You know, it's like, do you want a Barney? Or do you want Sesame Street? No, I want a Glock 9. Thanks. Seriously, 
how how is this okay? It's not okay. It's not okay. My husband is looking at me in this way. I mean, seriously, people need to get their heads out their asses and understand that this is the generation, not only are we supposed to be protecting, but it's our job as parents to bring them to the next phase of life, which they're not gonna get to because nobody's parenting them. Nobody's caring about them. The schools are telling them it's okay to lie and be deceitful and be somebody that you're not. And we're okay with it as long as we get the pronoun, okay? And to hell with everything else. Go ahead and say something. This look on your face. Uh, don't y'all just love her? Some don't. I'm not everybody's acquired taste. So these kids that they're not raising up will be the ones taking care of them, running the country. Yes. So they're going to reap what they sow. And then we got Biden, which way to go, George, kind of, you know, whatever. And who's going to dispute that? Okay. If he's not tripping and falling, he's stuttering. He is of age where he cognitively really, God forbid, he doesn't need to run again. He really doesn't. And oh my God, if Kamala Harris, holy crap, Alaska's looking better and better. Seriously. It's still within the 50. They don't do anything you know, in Alaska and LA. Not, not according. Not according to some, uh, some folks out there. People don't even know Mount Rushmore is in the U.S. Kudos to that guy doing the TikTok interviews. Oh, he's hilarious. I I I have to look him up and give him a shout out, but uh asking simple questions. You know, how many how many how many letters in the alphabet? Oh how many states are there? What about the fact that we have, you know, Osama bin Laden has has terrorized oh, yeah. Mount Rushmore and they're like, Oh, we need to keep our own here on the on the grounds of the you know United States. And then he goes, Are you a US citizen? Yes. Do you have citizenship here? Yes. Where's Mount Rushmore? I think China. Really? One of my favorites is, what was Adolf Hitler's first name? And nobody could get it. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. So these these are the people that we're going to leave running the country, making decisions for us, and putting us in nursing homes. What about when he asked everybody what Memorial Day stood for? Oh, Lord. You remember that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I mean, I understand why certain presidents aren't, you know, counting off all their offspring and saying how many grandchildren they have. I think they interviewed them. But back to your original issue, issue, issue. Uh, you know, there, there, there's been some governors that have tried to pass and make it mandate, uh, especially I think in Texas, that all citizens carry a firearm. You know, I, I'm all for that. You know, hey, if. These crooks are going to get guns regardless. Like my wife said, they're going to they're going to have enough firepower because they don't they don't go and pursue training. They don't know how to technically shoot. They just uh, you know pray and spray, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't think they pray. But if if you know, good old Americans will, will go get you a firearm, get you a, a holster that has some type of retention to it. So someone just can't come up and grab your holster or your gun out of your holster and then practice with your gun, you know, practice different scenarios, have a, have a stationary target and have a target moving towards you. Mm -hmm. And Uh, practice with both hands. Not that I can, but practice with both hands as if your dominant hand is no longer accessible. Uh, He's stuck. Nighttime shooting. Hey, flashlight. Um, The more confident you are, the more, you know, I think I think it it'll eliminate some of the shit going on. 
you know, these these dumbasses going out there and shooting up a an amusement park. You know, I saw or, I saw something church. on the news the other day where I'm telling you, oh my God, can you even imagine me calling and telling you about this one? Somebody was walking around that this people these people lived on a on a street, not in a cul-de-sac or in a subdivision. And this guy walks over and picks up one of their dogs over the fence and steals the dog to do dog fighting. Do you know how I would come unglued if somebody touched one of the puppies? Oh yeah. I mean, seriously what would happen it wouldn't be pretty it would not be pretty and not only that that's why we always talk about the fact that you know it's safety first it's stay hey stucco yeah it's safety first that's why we have cameras around our entire property that's i'll be right back we have cameras around our entire property how many cameras do we have i can't even nine everything's recorded and it's because we have these beautiful puppies that we help provide to families of special needs, to vets, to survivors of abuse, to people in need. And that's what we do what we do, but we keep them on cameras so that we can see them at all times. You know, like when a dog has puppies, we wanna be able to see what's going on at all times. And they have their air conditioning and they have their heaters and they have everything you can imagine. They are treated so unbelievably well they are family to us they're not just dogs they're our family we have you know alarm system we but being that both of us have such a strong law enforcement law background between us both that's why we're so protective and cautious with everything it's just it makes no sense how this world has gone to hell in a handbasket so quickly and it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to go this way. You know, you watch all of that's going on and, and it just makes no sense how we have literally gone to hell in a handbasket so quickly. But I was just saying, babe, that the reason we have so many cameras that's recording is because what we do for the people we do it for. And that when we have a, a family member who we consider, you know, the dogs are our family, we want to be able to see what they're doing and that they have heat and they have air conditioning and we want to see what they're doing with the new puppies. And we have the alarm system and everything like that because we're trying to take care of our family and protect. Right. We're not ignorant. We know there's there's assholes out there. And, you know, we're 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 honestly trying to do the best we can with what we got and trying to actually help folks and um, you know, bring bring a smile to those those kids. And we know that there's you know, there's bad people, there's dumbasses out there that are gonna try to do whatever but the dumbass pool is expanding into an ocean well i know i have a hole to fill in our yard careful how you say it um but i just said while you had stepped out for a second that with our law and law enforcement background you know it's not being paranoid it's being cautious because we're protecting our family but you know these people who are they trying to impress you have somebody who is just getting in a fight for whatever reason at school and they're young and they just need to have someone to talk to you know then they start to be a bully or they're getting bullied and then they feel there's no out and nobody's listening to them and they have no support and then the school is telling everybody okay well you know what we don't have to let them know of certain things and that's just one area right now and one school in one state that's not one school but one area um um, upstate that's doing that but these kids don't feel safe in their own homes they don't feel safe in their own school where is their safe place where is it and kids today when you're like 
you know, when our son was here and I was like, hey, do you ever go over to your friend's house? He goes, why would I do that? I talked to them on the video game or I talked to them on FaceTime. And I'm like, what? And he's like, why do I need to go over to their house? And that that blows my mind because we used to go to people's house. We'd play outside until it was dark, you know, dodgeball. You know, I'd go get my niece skit trying to ride a bike or whatever. But nobody wants to do that anymore. You tell the kids, hey, let's go outside. And you would have thought we would have asked them to like take their own teeth out of their face. They don't want to go outside. They want to stay hooked up to electronics. And I'm sorry, people can disagree with me about this. I think that social media is an addiction, just like drugs. I really do. I think that social media is an absolute addiction. I see that. Because kids spend more time on social media. Like I'm on it long enough to post. I'm on it long enough to check on my families that I'm working with. I'm on it long enough to do what we have to do to help others. But I'm not sitting there watching whatever, like that period of time where they were eating those pods. Was, did you hear about this? They were literally eating. It was a it was a um, contest or whatever to eat a, a pod that you use for your laundry. Or, oh, that was years ago. Right. Or the whole tablespoon of cinnamon and oh, then they yeah. can't swallow it. You know, whatever the fat is. Mm-hmm. I don't like sit there and look at all that or read all that or whatever. When I'm working, I have the news or a courtroom um, trial in the background. But I can't stand social media. I think it's horrific. I think, you know, kids are, are finding pedophiles in there. They don't believe her there. They they think, oh, this person's nice to me. So I'm going to open up to them. And I don't believe that they aren't who they say they are. And it's horrific. I mean, the scary side of all of this is, and what's worse, sorry, but it is, is the kids today do not look their age. Now go back and look at our daughters. Yes. When we were in school, nobody, no girls looked like they did correct at that age yeah i mean and it was it's because of all of the stuff that's been put in our food and the hormones and everything else but we didn't look like that you know and then to turn around and hear boys say oh i'm gonna be a girl today i'm going in the locker room uh you know why are more kids getting sexually assaulted at school in the bathroom i wish i had remembered that girl's name people can google it it was last school year a little girl kept saying, I'm being bullied, I'm being bullied, I'm being bullied. School didn't do anything about it. And she kept saying that some of the boys are going into the girl's bathroom. And nobody listened to her. And the parents said, this is just how time is changing. And she ended up committing suicide. And they found her in the bathroom of that school. And then they got her to the hospital and they pronounced her at the hospital. But she was trying to make a statement. It shouldn't have to get to that. No. I wonder why the counselors aren't being held liable for that, you know. Some of these kids have to be going to talk to the psychiatrist or counselors. They don't have to be psychiatrists in school. They're well, you're just a counselor. And think about it. You have five, six hundred kids and you have one counselor or maybe two. You know, you get half the alphabet and the other one gets the other half the alphabet. How do you see those kids on a routine basis to give them any kind of confidence or or understanding of what they're going through? Nobody holds accountable for anything. We know of a kid who was missing, what, 50, 60 days of school, and they did nothing? That's right, nothing. Nothing. And when DFACS was called, it wasn't even us who called DFACS. We were not in that, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is that nobody is looking out for these kids. And it just sets me off. Don't look at me like that. I'm sorry. Somebody needs to be a voice for these kids. 
I just think you're beautiful. I, I, I like to see you get fired up. Well, I'm going to be gorgeous in a minute then. <laughs> because nobody is protecting and defending our children. Speaking of defending, so now that you're one wing down. Uh, <laughs> you're leaving me in stitches. <laughs> no. For your amputation, uh, you declared you that you and I both still carry. Yes. Even though you have one hand. Yes. You still carry. Well, I carry more than just a gun. Right. I have but knives you, well, I want to know the on my reason. person. Oh, because I'm going to go down with a fight. I don't care. Right. Because you're protecting you. My family. And your family. Correct. Yeah. So what, what excuse does a another, let's say a grown man, you know, with, as long as he's got a pair. Or his and, wife's holding him. Right. And what's his excuse that he has two hands. Petrified of incarceration. Would you rather be in a box? Family? Would you rather be in a box? You get your license, you train, and then you protect your family. If you're there in an amusement park, protect your family. It don't take but a stray bullet. But if you're there and you can do something about it, then do something about it. You could save somebody else's spouse right. or kid. You you have the good Samaritan law working for Well, you. not in this country anymore. Now they're gonna incarcerate you and give the Medal of Honor the president will put around the shooter's, you know, neck at this point. It's not right. Like I carry everywhere I go, you know, the the knife law that has to be under a certain amount of inches, yada, yada, yada. You know, I, I carry a plethora of fun gadgets everywhere I go. You know, some people think that that's crazy, but from somebody who's been stabbed and let me tell you, it is a life-changing experience. I carry the knife, that particular knife, even though I have like 300 knives in my collection, I carry the knife that stabbed me. And people ask me why that's psychotic. It's not. It wasn't the knife's fault. It was the jackass's fault, you know, but that was my knife. And he did that multiple times, like a dozen to be exact. But that was my knife. And the knife didn't do it. It's like that gun didn't shoot me. The person shot me, you know. Oh, that gun doesn't have a safety. Yes, it does. It's that person's trigger finger. That's the safety. That's the problem. Nobody wants to recognize it and they want to put the blame on the actual item, the materialistic item. That's not the problem. That's it. That is the issue. And the, the fact is, is that, you know, you have to be prepared. I'm going to stand in front to protect my family. And with all my metal, I mean, it's probably going to just ricochet on somebody. Uh, <laughs> so, so the other night, my dogs, our dogs were barking Thank like you. crazy. And I go out yonder, and they have out yonder. Yes, they know where. Forget in the about it. Uh, and they have they have chased a huge possum on the fence line. So I didn't the electric fence kill him? No, not the possum. Oh. So I went and loaded a single shot, sixteen gauge shotgun. Then I aimed the shotgun, and I. Pulled the trigger. Okay. The gun killed the possum. You killed the possum. Or did I kill the possum? You did. I did. Correct. Because I did the correct steps. I'm right. sure that. I mean, the, what are you going to do? Throw the gun at it? You still yeah. threw it. Correct. So, uh, my wife stated before we were both in law enforcement, and 
you know, just having that, that type of training and perception, you know, that there are dirt bags everywhere out there. We, till this day, we don't sit with our back to the door. We watch everybody coming in, go in. We watch our surrounding areas. Uh, we back in to the parking space uh, everywhere we go. And, uh, you know, we're ju we just maintained a, a vigilance as if, you know, there's, there's a dirt bag out there that's going to do something incredibly stupid so that we're ready. Now, we're not sitting on pins and needles, nervous, you know. No. But, you know, to some degree, our head is on the swivel. We're looking around, and we're we're watching things, you know. Um, so I, I don't understand why more – like, it goes back to the, the garden snail uh, ball sack, you know. Th these men's – these men don't have any balls. They they won't ask their wives for a gun. They won't they won't say, "Hey, babe, I'm getting a gun. I'm going to train and I'm going to help." Why can't the my women? Family. Women, absolutely same thing. I didn't say they couldn't. You no, absolutely but here's, do. here's what I'm saying. It's that you have women that turn around and people will throw at me, and I want to just put this out right now. Well, look at you, your little Annie Oakley, but you were in a domestic violence relationship and you basically were at death's door on one, more than one occasion. That's correct. But I want to put out there the stipulation of it was that the son of a bitch waited until I was pregnant and it takes two to pregnant. I get it. But the minute he knew we were pregnant, the abuse began. And I made a deal with the devil and said, if you don't touch my stomach and hurt my child, I won't fight you back because the one thing you learn in any martial art training is to de-escalate the situation. And when you are woken up, sorry, babe, in the middle of the night with a son of a bitch straddling over you, punching you in the face to tell you to get the hell up and go get some, some water because he's thirsty, you know you're not going to de-escalate that situation in a timely manner. And you are in a fight or flight and you know that you are going to have to do what it takes to survive. And that's what I did. And I truly believe my martial art training helped me because when you're doing your katas and your forms and your techniques and you do your sparring, you get used to the feel of what a blow feels like. And you do get used to that. And I would have to just put my mind out because if I reacted and responded in any way, I would get hit again. And he testified to that in court, that if he hit me once, he hit me 200 times. And he testified to that in court. And the judge said, you know, you're really lucky that this isn't a criminal trial right now. But I learned to take that hand. But <laughs> he also, haha, he also stated that he would never have approached me and hit me when I wasn't pregnant because he knew he wouldn't walk away. He said this in court, but I wanted to protect our daughter. But that doesn't mean you have to be a soldier, that you have to go through hell in, no, in order I'm just to start saying, caring and protect your I'm family. just saying, let's just say Joey Bag of Donuts, who we always use that term for. I mean, it's a mama's boy. Or, you know, what if he gets hit by somebody? What if, you know, Billy Bob next door comes over and pounces on him? Is he not going to feel like he needs to take care of himself? Or maybe he has a little girl and it's daddy's girl. And that little girl gets hit. Are you telling me that you're not going to want to go in there and, and take someone swimming with some concrete blocks on him? If somebody hit your little girl, somebody hurt your little girl, are you telling me that you're not going to want to protect your family? You know, and verbal abuse to me is just as bad as physical. The physicality of it, they do go away. The injuries repair and it does remind you, but it doesn't stay with you. The verbal part does stay with you. I mean, all of it is unfair and unwarranted, every bit of it. And it's not okay. And let me just reiterate that. But if 
you have somebody who is beating your kid or your wife or your sister or your mother or some female you care about or some male you care about, don't tell me you're not going to walk their ass to the plank with some big old cement shoes on and do something about it. But our world right now just passes it off like, okay, whatever. But they're going to piss in their odies when they go to somewhere and they're fleeing around everywhere. Like I read the other day that in Atlanta, they had open fire at the terminals of the airport. It was in July. I didn't even hear this in the news until the other day that Southeast, is it Southeast Airlines, Southern Airlines, was, they didn't even say this in the news until then because it's so regular now. Southwestern, one of the airlines got on there with the air traffic controller and said, we were just told by a note that there was an explosive device on board. And then the air traffic controller says, all right, turn, da da da, whatever their lingo is. And he said, are you sending us to whatever it's called? I didn't even know this. They have like their own airway or landing where they can go if there's supposedly an explosive device on board. And people were like, why wasn't this in the news? And they're like, because everything else is in the news. But I mean, you can't even fly safely anymore. What the hell is Odie's? Toasty Odie's? You, Mr. Redneck, you can't see, right? Pissing in your cornflakes? Okay. It's like, forget about it. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you with your own vocabulary is going to ask me what Odie's is? (laughs) Yes. Our listeners are like, what'd she just say? She said Odie. What the hell is an Odie? Is that that dog, Garfield? It's like pissing in your cornflakes, you know? So, um, yeah. I mean, it's to the point. So let, let put that disclaimer in there first. Folks, we advocate against violence. Absolutely. Okay? But we advocate for. Protecting yourself. Protecting yourself, your loved ones, your family members. Okay. And the fact that people in general, without naming names, need to stop using the Constitution as toilet paper and read it. Okay, then. I don't know where that came from. Because we have our constitutional right to bear arms. We have a constitutional right of freedom of speech. We have a constitutional right to protect that of our family and ourselves. But some people just think it's toilet paper and to hell with it. And it's not. You know, some people don't even know who wrote the Constitution. Just saying. That's a question for that guy who wrote the Constitution. Well. Why are you looking like confused? So a lot of times when I go to my customers, and I ask them to sign the electronic tablet I have, I tell them to put their John or Jane Hancock on the tablet mm-hmm. just to try to elicit a, a response. Most of the time I do not. There's nothing. Because folks don't know who John Hancock was. So, yeah. All right. So, that was our uh, trigger warning, our disclaimer. And that's uh, that's our side on guns and Toting and caring and protecting your family and loved ones. If you love someone and you've looked your whole life for that person, like I waited my whole life for my husband, even though I've known him a quarter of a century. That sounds like a long time. A quarter of a century. I told him the other night, I just looked at him and said, thank you for being my husband. You were worth the wait. I mean, yeah, he gave me a lot of headache and that's okay. And that's for a whole different other day. But absolutely worth it. He's my best friend. He's my soulmate. The love of my life. We don't argue. We never fight. I mean, it's it's a wonderful relationship. Always right. No, look, really, 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 really. 
I'm always right. You're sleeping and quiet. Right. You're not quiet because you snore. But just saying, <laughs> we never fight. We have the best time. We can just be sitting at dinner at the table and we just laugh. You know, we go to bed at night and we're always just in tune and we laugh. We always are on the same page together. I'll be damned if somebody's going to come and take that away. They're going to have to fight. And you know what? I love saying I don't leave fingerprints <laughs> because, I mean, you just don't. It's, you know, it's a one-armed bandit. I suck at patty cake, though. No. Uh-huh. I like the the thing that says I'm stumped. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, for gingerbread cookies this year for Christmas, I'm taking one arm off. You are a ginger. Okay, but when I make gingerbread cookies for Christmas, oh, we're not allowed to use Christmas anymore either. It's the winter holiday. Then my gingerbreads are going to be one-armed. We're not even allowed. We can't even bring God into school. We can't even say it. And this crisscross applesauce shit drives me bonkers because applesauce doesn't crisscross. But it's offensive to the Indian people if you say sit Indian style. I don't think that's offensive at all. I think that's, you know, okay, sit don't Indian get, style. Don't get rid of the, the question how also. Stop it. No. Oh my God. But you can't say that. You can't say uh, Christmas. You can't, you know, it, it, I mean, really, these things are so stupid. I'm surprised they even do the Fellage of Allegiance anymore. So, uh, Victoria, are you booked to the end of the year with podcasting? Yes and no. Um, this is the busiest month for October being domestic violence awareness. So we just wiped out our calendar. Calendarly. Yeah, it just kind of went. So if y'all were scheduled, you may want to reach out to her again. Thanks. You're welcome. And if you want to interview with my husband. Yes, I've been meaning to interview some guys. Um, that means you have to podcast. What am I doing now? This is being, you know, okay. I will have, I guarantee you oh, by the Lord, end. Open my mouth. Because uh, you're always ready, right? <laughs> I guarantee you by the end of this week, I have you at least 10 shows. Oh, no, I can't do that. You just said. You I have a full-time job out, Chandra. You can do it on Plus the weekends. The you could do it on the weekends. Come on. I'm busy. No. Guys, if y'all have a uh, story to tell, uh, come on and get with us and we'll set you up. To interview uh, and talk with my husband. We'll have a conversation, uh, especially those of us who have been through emotional and verbal abuse by, you know, your significant other, partner, whatever. I think you should call them a significant other because well, they're not. They're significant in some ways. Okay, true. But I don't think they're significant other because that's a relationship and that wasn't a relationship. What you were in wasn't a relationship. It may have started out as one. But. You don't. We don't know their story yet, but if y'all y'all have something, come on, get with us. Send us an email. Uh, hit uh, there's a contact at the bottom of our page on a contagious smile. Let's have a good old boy roundtable. That'd be fun. That that would be fun. Where are my good old boys at? Think about it. That would be awesome. Okay, a lot of disclaimers. <laughs> Okay. Make it simple. Seriously. What? Hey, <laughs> doctor, doctor. Uh, uh, 
Y'all, uh, even though we're done with the podcasting for Paul's event um, this year, perhaps we, we might we might consider another one towards Christmas. We don't know yet. But uh, even though we're done, we, we're still leaving the GoFundMe open. So Did you really just do that? Yeah, I did. If we gonna, you know what? We'll have the good old boy podcasting for pause. It can donate. I'm gonna set that up just for you. Y'all hit that donate and uh let's do a weekend event where it. my husband has 21 interviews to do with the good old boy. Don't boys. put this on me. You just opened your mouth and put your foot in it, and that's a big foot. So uh we're gonna put your money where your mouth is. Thank y'all for listening to Contagious Smile Unstoppable with Victoria and a redneck husband, Michael. We'll talk to y'all later. Good night.